Welcome to the Disciples Dialogue, where believers celebrate their commonalities, share their testimonies, and edify the body of Christ. Each episode contains healthy conversations between Brother Teal and a guest speaker. Thanks for joining the Disciples Dialogue. Welcome to episode two of the Disciples Dialogue. We are I am thrilled that I am here today. I'm excited about our topic. Um, I've actually gotten great feedback on the first episode. I think it went really well with Brother Jesse Blake um, talking about the God of the old and the new. But today I have a very uh, special guest with me to talk about uh, a very special topic, um, a topic that is near and dear to my heart. And uh, today we're going to be talking about God and time. God and time, uh, and in, you'll see in the uh, in the title there that I've used a little mathematical equation: God uh, greater than time. Uh, and so, uh, welcoming to the podcast today uh, a friend, a uh, brother in the church, um, probably one of the coolest people that I know, Brother Wesley Combs. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you, Brother Justin, and uh, I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Very excited, also. Um, it, love love the uh, geek out conversations that we have had so many uh, times in the past, and um, you know I, I'll I'll preface everything immediately by saying I'm I'm not a physicist, I'm not an astronomer, I am I am not a scientist, I'm just a, a space geek. I really uh, I've been I've been interested in in space and and you know the physics of time and that sort of thing for for a long long time, and uh, you know we've we've been able to come together a couple times and just totally geek out yes. about um, how that how we can actually look at that from a spiritual standpoint. Mm-hmm. I believe we can. So I'm, I'm excited about the topic today. Absolutely. So uh, I'll, I'll piggyback uh, off of off the what you just said there. Um, the following dialogue, the discussion that we're going to have uh, for all of the listeners is not to be taken uh, as doctrinal or salvific, um, but it, we are simply here today on this episode to explore the possibilities that are available when we take God out of the box and we stand in all of the creator. Now, uh, I also want to make clear that we do not worship creation, right? I, when I look at creation and I look at the vastness of the universe, like you do brother Wesley, um, it only magnifies God for me. I don't worship creation. It makes me want to worship the creator that much more. Uh, and so we will have future episodes that will, uh, deal specifically with doctrinal issues and salvation. And we very much believe in Acts 2.38, the plan of salvation, and we're not getting away from that. Uh, but this episode is dedicated to letting our minds go free and take God out of the box, and and he can do whatever he wants to do. And, and so we want to just talk about what he's created uh, as far as we can understand um, and, and just enjoy it. Uh, I think that creation is there for, for us to enjoy and for us to stand in awe of to show just how great and powerful he really is. Absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I, I'm one of those people, I think you either, you're one of two people. You can, you can look up into the night sky and you could look at just how vast what we can see just with our naked eye. You can look at that and you can say, you know, boy, I am, I am so insignificant. Nothing matters, uh, you know, or, or even how did all of this get here? You know, what does all of this mean? Or you can, you can look at that and say, you know, I can look at the vastness of space and I can look at that and I can say, wow, the creator of all that, Mm. he, he is mindful of me. And let me, let me open up with just a, a quick fact, a scientific fact from, from NASA's website. So like I said earlier, I am a, uh, I'm a self-proclaimed space geek. I love it. I don't understand it all. I don't mm-hmm. understand the the physics of it, all the science of it. Um, but it's such it's such an interesting thing for me to think about. And so, in 1977, uh, my personal favorite spacecraft, the uh, Voyager probe, but there's, there was two of them: Voyager One and Voyager Two. Uh, they launched in 1977 and did what was called the uh, the grand tour of the of our solar system. And so, for the longest time. They were the only source of uh, really photographs and scientific information that we really had outside of a telescope. Mm-hmm. And so they, they, you know, plotted courses around Jupiter and Saturn. And then after they did their main mission, uh, they, they sent them off to other, you know, other, other stars, basically. And so uh, 
talking about the vastness of space, and again, all of this for God's glory. Yeah. All of this yeah. is just say, great, big God. Yes. And, and, you know, if our solar system is so big and our universe is so big, and yet the heavens can't contain God, wow. God is bigger than even that. So let me let me throw some facts at you. I'm ready. Just to kind of— I've been preparing to, all to, week to, for this. To blow your mind <laughs> okay. about this. Um, Voyager 1 is currently traveling at 38 thousand two hundred and ten miles per hour that's hard to fathom that that is hard to fathom that's that's fast that's cooking um it's headed towards proxima centauri which is our next door neighbor it's the nearest star now Mm -hmm. this is in our galaxy okay okay? not not in In the milky way this is in the milky way the next closest star in the milky way is proxima centauri traveling at that speed you know over thirty five thousand miles per hour it will take nearly forty thousand years <laughs> for for Voyager to get to that. Now that's right next door. Wow. Okay. That's that's really, really, really close. Um so then we think about okay, well how big if that's if that's the next star and you know to to join the uh, to sound cliche and say there's billions of stars right. in the in our galaxy, just our galaxy, uh well how long would it take to cross just our galaxy, okay, right? I mean, we're we're just a blip. So, right. how long would it really take at a universal scale? How long would we take to do that? And so, of course, the the measuring stick you use at that point is is light years. Yeah, how fast the speed of light speed throughout of a light year. Throughout a year, how far can light travel in one year? Wow! And so that speed, one hundred eighty six thousand miles per second, <laughs> per second. So, if you look at the disk of our home galaxy, the mm-hmm. Milky Way. A, one of the recent studies says it would take roughly 200,000 years traveling at the speed of light to cross our galaxy. So, you know, wow. I, could, I could go down a, a rabbit hole and a big sidebar saying, you know, if I'm looking at that star that's, you know, 200,000 light years away, am I seeing it as it was 200,000 yeah. years ago? And so there's a know, whole discussion to be there, had just whole, on that. There's a whole other, other thing. And, you know, another disclaimer, obviously I'm not here to like, you know, there's the, the debate about, you know, God versus science or the age of the universe, the mm-hmm. age of the earth and everything to me, you know, it, it's kind of, it, it's important, but it's, it's irrelevant as right. far as I'm concerned, because, you know, there's still there's still the plan of salvation that I've got to yes. you know follow and to me it's just the only reason again circling back to what I said at the beginning it only to me it only makes God bigger it does when I think about about these kind of things yeah so the speed at which you have to travel you talked about the speed of light 186 thousand miles per second mm-hmm. uh, to to traverse the scale that is the milky way which is a very long distance mm-hmm. to get from one side to the other it the time that it takes to do that is incredible it's it's not even something that we can quantify in our three and a half pound brains right. um it's beyond what we have ever experienced uh, we think in numbers we think in minutes hours days years but when you talk about you know thousands of years tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of years that's beyond our scope Mm-hmm. Um, but there again, we serve a God who is outside and not bound by the same bounds that we're you know right. bound by, and that's time. We as humans uh, and everything else in, in creation is bound by time. We are uh, we we can't get outside of it, um, but we serve a God who exists outside of time, but steps into time, and we're, we'll probably get into that here in a minute. Uh, the fact that a supernatural God can step, uh, step into a natural world and, and make changes. And that is incredible. And so just to, before we get into the whole time topic, uh, I want to define, uh, and of course we all know what time is minutes, hours, days, years. Um, but more specifically, um, the web, the, uh, Wikipedia says that time is the continued sequence of existence and events that occurred in an apparently irreversible succession from the past through the present into the future. That's what we know as time. Um, but I want to. I read something this week that that was really good, and I want to to quote uh, Brother Darren Sargent, who is an incredible uh, evangelist minister. And he said, "Imagine being the eternal God now walking among your creation within the confines of ta- uh, space and time." 
Uh, yet while you would think that Jesus has all the time in the world, he instead has the greatest sense of urgency. His eternal perspective drives him to seize the power of every moment. Oh, that, wow. Isn't that a powerful statement? Wow. That God who exists outside of time stepped into time in, in a fleshly form. He, he took on flesh in the man Christ Jesus and... He, where he exists outside of time, it's it's almost we would think. Well, he has no concept of time. He right. he doesn't you know he doesn't need to be in a rush, uh, because you know he's, he's eternal. He's eternal. He doesn't care about time. But yet the urgency in which he uh, placed his ministry, the urgency of winning souls, the urgency of the hour that we feel as the church today to go out and win souls and compel people. The Bible says to come to Christ. These. Uh, that's amazing that the supernatural, all-powerful God that we serve uh, would be willing to step into this time confine and and share that emotion with us. You're right, and, and that actually, I'm glad you said it because it it brings to mind uh, Hebrews four fifteen. Uh, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted yeah. like as we are, yet without sin. So he literally became the the creator of all this splendor yeah. all the heavens yeah. all the our our solar system galaxy universe multiverse whatever it is mm-hmm. like i said it all just makes him bigger it does uh he came down and became like his creation i mean I, and i think about the the things that you know maybe i i build in the workshop that sort of thing i cannot become that no you know i can build something but i mean i i cannot i literally cannot lower myself to become that piece of wood. Wow. You know? Yeah. And so it just, it, it is, it, there again, it is mind-blowing. I'm probably going to say mind-blowing a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Everything that, we're talking about is mind-blowing. Because it all comes back to that. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'll even I'll even say right there, I mean, it eventually comes a point to where, you know, that's why we can't put God in a box. We can't. Yeah. He he was human. In, in Jesus Christ, he was human like yeah. as we are. But when we are talking about the timeless, eternal God, mm. we can't put him in a in a box. We that, that's why I, that's why I come back to my mind is blown because it literally cannot comprehend that. And it's it's you know like he, like told Dan, it's not for you to know. You know sometimes right. and I and I've had to come to that. I mean that's that's faith you taught a couple of weeks ago about believing without seeing. Yeah. Right? And so, I mean, ultimately, we can we can come on this podcast and we can talk and we can do our research and we can do all this. It, at the end of the day, you know, I cannot guarantee you that, yeah, well, it's exactly, you know, that, I, NASA put out an article earlier this week that they found, uh, I think Hubble, it's Hubble or James Webb, I think it was actually Hubble, uh, found uh, there's evidence for the new farthest galaxy and it's 15.3 billion with a B light years away. Right. And a lot of people will have a lot of Christians will have a problem with that. Right. Because now we're talking in terms of billions of years right. and the young earth creationists will have a problem with that. Right. And so that's what brings in the contention between my faith and science mm-hmm. and Bible and and you know science. And where many people find fallacy or believe that they find fallacy and there there's contention between the two subjects i want to marry the two i want to take the the science that and a lot of the science i i believe i I, you know i take them the telescopes are not going to show you what's not there okay you can see it you can measure it it's definable uh, it's measurable, and so that is what science is if you can define it measure it if you can taste it see it smell it hear it you know these are real things these are real planets, real solar systems. They're not just made up. Correct. They're not in our imagination, but neither is God. God is real. He is all powerful. I feel him. Right. I, 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 you know, he lives inside of me. And so it doesn't have to be either or no, it doesn't. That's a good way to say it. It doesn't have to be either or it can be one in the same, the vastness. Now we may not understand it. And, and that was the, the, the title you, you had talked about was believing without understanding. And just because I don't understand something doesn't mean that it's not true. I don't understand all of God's ways, but yet I know that he exists because I feel him. He, he lives inside of He changed my life. And so that's faith. That's, that's faith. And we've got to have faith. Right. If you don't have faith, you can't please God. Mm-hmm. And so 
obviously our faith is rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ and the word of God that's infallible and it's uh, eternal. It will last lo- far longer than any galaxy or universe. Right. Uh, the, the word is forever settled in heaven, the Bible says. However, if God saw fit to put galaxies and, uh, you know, maybe there's multiple universes. I don't know. I'm not putting God in the box. That's the whole point of the episode is to say, God is big enough that he can do whatever he wants, and right. he doesn't have to run it by me. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. It's not really relevant if I understand or not. Right, and even though I don't understand. Now, now I understand this word, the, the Bible here. I understand a lot of it. I understand the plan of salvation, and so I must be obedient to that. And But there's, you know, I don't understand. I can't fathom the speed of light. I don't, you know, I, I hear it. I understand it's 186,000 miles per second, but I can't grasp that. Right. But I still believe that that's true mm-hmm. because— other scientists say that they've measured it. They have tools that can measure these speeds. And so who am I? I'm just a country boy from Pulaski. Who am I to say right. that they're wrong? And, and none it, of that minimizes God. It doesn't. It only magnifies him greater. Exactly. In, in my mind. And that's that's something that I came back to, you know, and I'll, I'll, even, I'll even go out on a limb here and, and, you know, about the creation thing and you hear the Big Bang Theory and everything. At the end of the day, it it's God who did it. Right. It's God who set that those things in motion. Now he he can speak these things into existence. And so, you know, just like you said getting into the the controversial between well, it's either God or science. I don't think it has to be that. I, yeah. I mean, if I, you know, hey, if science is truly a thing, then God created science. Exactly. Th- this could be his handiwork how he does it. I mean, look at um look at uh Psalm chapter 8, 3 and 4. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, yeah, thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. What is man, right? That you are mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him. Wow. So, again, I mean, why? Why would it only have to be God went so far and stopped? Exactly. You know, why God only made our solar system and stopped? Mm-hmm. No way. And and here's a point that I like to make when I talk about these things is. In Genesis, the book of beginnings, and we're making this biblical, we're tying this back to word, to the scriptures. In Genesis, when the Bible says that God created the heaven and the earth and uh, you know the sun and the moon, he hung all these things and he told them what to do. He, he set the planets in orbit around the sun, the solar system. He did all these things. And he, God, Elohim, stepped back and said, it is good. Right. It's good. It's a good thing. And so who am I to, uh, to take... A problem with what God has called good. He told Peter, he says, what I call clean, don't call unclean. And I know that's a different topic, but I think the the meat of that is the same. If God set all these things into motion and he enjoys the vastness of the universe and he did it for his glory and all of these things worship him by obedience, then I'm going to enjoy it. Absolutely. I want to enjoy creation. Now, I don't worship creation. Again, I want to be very clear that I do not worship creation, but I want to enjoy it. If he thinks it's good, then I think it's good. Absolutely. And Psalm 19.1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. Exactly. Firmament. The earth showeth his handiwork. So this when, is in our Bible. This is biblical. Yeah. This is biblical. So see there again, two people can look up at the night sky and think two different things. I can look at that, and, I mean, you could feel super insignificant. And, sure. I mean, we could, I mean, we're talking about the time, and we're talking about time and space, but, I mean, if we, you know, the, the earth is like a grain of sand in all of it, smaller yeah. than that, minuscule, much less me and you. And there again, yet God, God takes all that. But I can look up at the night sky and say, I don't understand all of that. It's beyond my understanding, right. but it's a great big God. Yes, that's what I see when yes. I look at that. How how great and how big of a God would he would he have been if he was confined to just the Milky Way, right? Just the solar system. You know, he can only create this much which and is no huge. more. Yeah. Which, it's, which, it's, which it's huge, huge. But there again, there's no limits with God. Right? God is, you know, and and there again, uh, if I can. Uh, Talk about the box again. We, we uh, as Christians, as believers, too often put God in the box that that we can comprehend and say, "Well, oh, because I understand this much about space and time, and and all, then then that's the God that I serve." But God is far superior to our understanding about the universe and all these things. And so, uh, essentially, what I want to do in my life, it's irrelevant to me. I don't care if there's 
you know, what he's got going on out there in the universe, mm-hmm. it, I could care less. I I need to know that I'm saved. I need to know that my family, my kids are saved, and we are obedient to the plan of salvation. But, you know, great if he is doing other things. Great if he is creating galaxies. And, and I don't – that's great. I, I have no problem with it. It's still got to be Acts 238. I still got to repent. I still got to be baptized in Jesus' name. I still got to get the Holy yes. Ghost. Man. Yes, all these things we're not getting away from. Let me ask you a couple of questions. I've got some questions here, questions that – I can only imagine having this conversation with my wife. I love my wife, but she would check out very quickly if I was to start talking to her about some of these things. I hope we haven't lost our listeners. Yeah, uh, tune, in, tune in next time. It'll it'll be different. I'll make it something uh, very <laughs> biblical and uh, where you can follow right along in the Word of God. But I've got some questions that I want to ask, uh, and and hopefully some people are geeking out with us on these on this topic. When I think about time. Uh, I want to ask a question. When did time begin? Now I've got my, I've got my, uh, ideas, my notes that I've written on this. I'm not, neither one of us are experts and, and there's, I don't believe there's any right or wrong answer here, but it's just a very unique set of questions that I've got here that I want to talk about. What, what, when would you say that time began? So it, it began in the beginning at the, at the start of, all what you and I would consider all things, right? And right. See, uh, in know, Genesis, in in Genesis, yeah. maybe you know, chapter one. I uh, I was thinking about that, and I mean, what what child hasn't said? And I can specifically remember being old enough to say, "Yeah, but who made God?" Mm-hmm. Because we're so used to everything has to have a beginning. And I was I was thinking about that in preparation for our our podcast today. And in the beginning, God. Yeah. So he he was already there. You he know, precedes everything. He, he precedes that. And so, you know, you and I, let's say, um, you know, that we've got a 50-pound dumbbell in our in our basement, whatever. Uh, you know, when we're first born, we're not strong enough to lift that yet. Right. And so we have to build strength. We have to grow. We have to mature to a place where we can actually do that. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, God created. Right. So right out of the gate, he's, he's creating these things. He was already able to do that. So there again, we think about, well, getting stronger and maturing to be able to do these things. No, that's not God. God exists outside of that. He's bigger than that. Mm. And so that's, that's, I probably didn't really answer your question. That's okay. No, you was all over it. So, and I wrote exactly what you said. Uh, the, the, I believe that natural time, time as we know it began, the moment that God spoke his first words, let there be. Mm-hmm. I believe that that's when natural time began. Uh, I did some research, and I and, and I don't want to bore anyone, but I will say that the, the Maya people, a uh, long, long time ago, before the Egyptians, before the Babylonians, the Maya people are often credited with being the first humans to track the length of time by their observations of celestial bodies. They would they didn't have clocks. They didn't have, you know, Apple eye watches or whatever you call these things. They... They had the planets. They had the stars, the sun, moon, and stars that they would look at. And the first intellectual people that uh, were around uh, observed these celestial bodies moving. And then, all hey, look at that. The sun's coming back up again. Now, they thought that the Earth, and you and I have talked about this before, they thought that the Earth was the center of the universe. Everything that they saw this revolved around them. Right. Boy, were they wrong. Big time. <laughs> Big time wrong. I don't know if anybody's ever been so wrong, but uh, they thought that. They said, hey, you know, the sun, it goes down, that big ball of fire in the sky, it goes down, and then, hey, the next morning, it comes back up again. And so everything is revolving around us. They didn't understand the that, that the there was a solar system and the earth is in actually orbiting the sun and also rotating on its axis and all these things. But um, the following the Maya people who – looked at these celestial bodies uh, was the Egyptians and the Greeks who would use sundials and water clocks. You ever heard of a water clock? Mm -hmm. So a water clock uh, and sundials to track the length of time. And these are devices that the early humans, whether they're biblical or whatever, you you know, that's a different discussion. uh, But the early humans would create devices to track time and what they could observe based on what they could observe. And so they would use water filtering through a small pinhole in a rock uh, to fill up another basin and say, they would say, okay, well, when that's full and we run out of water, then I know that that length of time has passed. And then, you know, the sundials and all these things, but natural time, I do, I do believe began with those first words, let there be. And, and then everything after that was natural time, but God existed 
before that. Right. God exists outside of that, and that we we can't we could sit here for days talking and still not be able to uh, explain that. It's unexplainable because you know we live in a natural world when we're bound by uh, what we can understand, and we just can't understand that. Another question I wrote down, this is, these are going to be some hard things. Is there such thing as supernatural time? Have you ever thought about that? Supernatural time. There's natural time, but is there right. supernatural time? That's, that's an interesting question, though. I don't guess I've really, really ever put any brain cycles towards that one. But um, I, I suppose, I mean, God, you know, again, God can do whatever he wants. He, he can. can. He can set up any kind of thing that he that he wants to. So, you know, uh, uh, maybe so. I, I'm not sure. That's an interesting yeah. thought. And so when I ponder, these, these are the things that keep me up at night, you know. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's a sad, sad life, I guess, I'm living to. These are the things that keep me up. But I ponder on these things. Is there supernatural time? And I guess I would say that more accurately, uh, a way to describe this would be maybe there's supernatural existence. I don't, I don't, you know, obviously time did not exist until God said, let there be, but I believe that there was a supernatural existence and that was God himself. Everything, you know, the angels in heaven, heaven itself, it was the, it's the presence of God. It's his being, it's his, uh, it's him. And, and so I believe that there was a, there is a supernatural existence rather than actually a form of time. Well, and, and that reminds me of, uh, the sermon, and I know me and you were, were exchanging glances during this sermon. We're like, what? And, you know, uh, with Brother Buckland came talking about how, uh, you know, hey, Jacob, dig me a well because, you know, a couple thousand years from now, yeah. I've got to meet a woman at this well. And wow. so how God literally, so maybe that's kind of circling back to the supernatural timeline. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. He, he, and the way Brother Buckland, you know, explained it was he, he sees it all. Exactly. He sees it all. Stuff that hasn't happened for – he's the author and the finisher. finisher. The finisher, yes. So he knows how my story wraps up. That's right. He's got it. That's I've right. I've got to get there, you know. He knows what's in store for First Apostolic Church of Radford, Virginia. He mm-hmm. knows that. We've got to have the faith. we got to pursue. We've got to, we've got to fight the good fight and get there. Mm. But um, I know that that was, that was a um, – incredible it was incredible sermon that he that he taught and um i know that like like i said i remember me and you were just looking at each other like whoa yeah <laughs> because it's so much along lines of what we always talk about it was a mind-blowing it, it's almost as if you set a, a, a ruler in front of you mm-hmm. and this is how god would would view natural time he sees a ruler in front of him and on that ruler are natural world events that happen you and me in this podcast this episode Everything that takes place in all of existence, he he looks at his ruler and he sees that the things that are happening right now at the you know maybe towards the beginning part of the ruler, and then maybe he sees something a few years down the ruler uh, that's going to happen in my life and your life, and then but he also sees, like you said, he's the finisher, so he sees the end of the ruler, he sees the end of all things, and when this earth, well, you know, it says it's going to pass away, and he's going to have a new heaven and a new earth, and. And so he sees all of those things, and and I really that bothered me. I want to take time to say this real quick that that bothered me for a long time. It was one of my biggest arguments I had for Christianity was if God knows everything that's going to happen to me in my life, He knows my next thought, my next decision, then I don't have free will because it's already predetermined. Right. And and so that really messed me up for a long time. But then I got to the point where I just said, you know what, I'm going to look at it like this. God may know what I'm going to do tomorrow, and he may have it all figured out. I want to be sure for myself. And so if God knows, God may know if I'm going to make it to heaven or hell already. He knows what what path I'm going to choose, but do I know what path I'm going to choose? Right. And so when I made up in my mind, I'm going to get on his level, and if he already knows, then I need to be sure of it too. And so now I've made up in my mind, I'm going to make it to heaven, and and, and I'll give up, do whatever i got to do to get there. I'll be obedient to the plan of salvation if I got to do that, and I would, and I did. Um, but I need to be sure for myself. Well, it's accountability. I mean, you you've got to have that accountability, just like um, I think it was Brother Hughes at uh, men's conference this last year. Mm. You know, it's if we if we just believed in you know, well, God knows whether I'm going to make it or not, so I'm just not going to live for Him. That's then then I'm I'm copping out of my responsibility. Right, yeah. it, it's up to it's up to me. I cannot do it without God. That's true. No way. That's we'll true. not even attempt it. Uh, but He's given us everything that we need. Ultimately, it's up to me whether I make it. At the end That's of the true. day, I cannot blame 
church hurt. I cannot no. blame, you know, circumstances, situations. Right. Not no, pastor's fault. Not pastor's fault. I mean, rain's on the just, the unjust. And, and, and you know, we're so quick to think, well, I'm, I'm busier than anybody else. Nobody understands. Well, I've got more trouble than anybody else. And everybody has got struggles. Mm, and and I've, I've learned that over the last several years of my life. It's, it's not, you know, there, there's no respecter of persons. Right. And, you know, and so again, if we just, if we just decided, well, it's predetermined whether I make it or not, you're totally shirking your responsibility it's true. with that. And so you, you got to put in the work. We have to put in the work and it is ultimately, like you said, it's up to you. It, yeah. And you, you've made your con election. Sure, you're right. going to make it. I'm, I'm going to make it. it. Yeah. I must make it. Yes. It, it, yeah. I, I have no choice. I will make it, and yeah. I will take my family with me. We yeah. are going. We're going to make it. I want to make a plug for something you said to me uh, a while back, and I've it's really it affected my life. Some things people say, and you just carry it with you the rest of your days. And I believe this is one of them. You said, "Quit and do what?" Right. Like. You know, if I get tired, I get mad, I get somebody offends me in the church, church somebody does me something, something yeah. something happens to me, and, it, and life happens to everybody, time and chance happen to everybody. So, but if I get offended, and w- quit and do what? Quit and do what? Yeah, you know, what am I going to do? Yeah, I mean, there is only one God, there's one plan, there's one salvation, one baptism, and there's one, there's one mansion in heaven that's got my name on it. And, and I want to make it, but if I get mad and quit, then what? What I mean, what are you going to do? Then everything that I've done up to that moment has stay been for naught. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. stay at home on Sunday and watch Golf Channel. Yeah. What, what are you yeah. going to do? I uh, refuse. Yeah, yeah. I, so I don't see that. That's I think that's that's probably that that probably is a trick of the enemy because we think, well, I'm just going to I just not going to go to church because it's full of hypocrites or whatever. Right. You know, the, the same stuff that he throws at everybody. But I mean, what what other options do you have? And, and that's why I say I've got you know I've got some some family that's been in it before and they're not now. And, you know, I can, I can weep and travail and I, and I pray for them that they'll come back and everything. Yeah. But I mean, they got the Holy ghost and I'm like, I, I'll be honest. I don't think you just get the Holy ghost and walk away. No. I, I don't, I don't think that now you can, you can't sure. want to, God won't leave you. You can leave him. Um, and I, I know that we're, we're rabbit trailing here a little, yeah, a little bit, bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but it's, but it's interesting because I, it, just in times that I've drifted, you know, what I might would say a little bit, you know, and we shouldn't drift any, right. Mm. But times that I've drifted, I mean, it's, it's always in the back of your mind. We, we don't get to escape this thing. We're, we're spending eternity somewhere. Oh yes. We don't get to say, well, I'm just not going to do the heaven or hell thing. You, you don't have that option. Yeah. You will do one of the, one of the other. It's true. And so, you know. I know that uh, when I say quit and do what, the the real thing I'm getting at there, God's not going to leave you alone. He's relentless in his pursuit of us. And so, I mean, you're you're not going to have the peace of mind mm. that, you, well, I tried church and it really wasn't for me, so I'm just going It's You're never going to be in this thing and walk away and be happy. That's right. You're not going to. And it's not that it's always easy here, but it's certainly, certainly easier than it is the other way. Amen. That's true. Space and time. Space and time. <laughs> I love rabbit trails. Uh, let me let me get back to this. Another question, and and I know time is flying by, <laughs> as it were, and and so we we've got to come to a close here soon. But I want to ask a few more, a couple more questions. Will there be time in heaven? No. Good answer. I don't think so. I don't. There won't be natural time. Right. And 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 so I I thought about this though, and it's it is a unique question because we will exist. We will have new bodies. We'll exist in the presence of the Lord. And, you know, the Bible even talks about, a lot of people don't know this, but the Bible says that we will, you know, plant vineyards and we will plant gardens and do all these things. And the weapons that we use, the the tools of our warfare, we will repurpose those for gardening tools, the Bible talks about, and that's incredible. But I, I got to talk, think about this, and no, I don't believe that we will have, you know. Maybe not time as we know it. Anyway. Not time as we know that. it. Yeah. And because there's no celestial bodies at this point, the Bible says that there was no need for the sun in, in the book of Revelation. He's the light. He's the light uh, that lights the whole kingdom. And so, but I believe that maybe we will exist in that uh, that time that we alluded to earlier, the existence of God in his presence. Yes. And so I believe that we will know that we're there, and today is today, maybe tomorrow is tomorrow, but we won't think about it like, oh, I can't wait until tomorrow. 
Right. Uh, I think that those things, those tomorrow, minute details. Tomorrow would mean that the sun went down and came back up. Again. Exactly. So yeah. the, the tools that we use to measure and define those words that we use now uh, will be no longer. Actually, the sun doesn't go down. The horizon goes up and down. Yeah. We'll, 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 <laughs> I we digress. We, I digress. Second <laughs> Peter 3 and 8. Uh, make sure we're staying in the Bible here. The scripture says, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that the day... Uh, one day with the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. Yeah. So there's your Bible right there. Right there. We There's not going to be, well, oh, I can't sp- wait to spend a whole day with Jesus. Well, it's going to be like spending a thousand years with Jesus mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and vice versa. So there will be, I don't think that there will be any uh, cognitive uh, understanding of time uh, in that new Jerusalem that I can't wait to be a part of. Right. If I want to say this, if if God is spaceless, timeless, and immaterial, which He is, what is the relationship between God being a spirit, He is unbound by time, and us humans who are bound by time? There's a relationship. How can we humans, mortals, who are bound by time, have a relationship with an untangible, uh, immaterial, spaceless, timeless God? Through Jesus Christ. Because if Jesus, if we did not have Jesus, if we did not have God in the flesh, that was the closest thing. I mean, people touched him. Yeah. He was tangible. Right. You know, you could touch him. You could, you could be, you could touch the hem of his garment. That's he true. was, he was there. And so, you know, again, and, and I think that's why, you know, I heard, um, I think his brother Stone King in a message long ago is like, even if I was an atheist, if I was looking for a religion, you know, I would I would choose Christianity because it is the only one where the deity, the the main thing, yeah. became like me and, True. and took on my problems. Wow! And so, you know, and I think about just his omnipresence. You know, you and I are in this room right now doing this podcast. We are not at the park. Right. We, we cannot be in two places at once. That's true. God exist there again and if if he was only the man then then what would that be so he's he's omnipresent he's yes everywhere yes. i can i can call on him and he is there mm. he is there wow and and, and the, one of the amazing things about god is the god that we serve jehovah god jesus is that he is and i think you already said this he's touched by the feelings of our infirmities and he cares enough to Show up for you when you're hurting, and for me when I'm hurting at the, it at the same time. time. Yes, that's yes. incredible. Yes, that's incredible. You've got you've got two children. You you can't if if both of them you know wreck their bicycle. Right. You can't fix them both at the same time. Oh, you'll do what it a as dilemma. Fast as you can. Yeah. What a dilemma. You you'll do it as fast as you can. Yeah. And and you know, but the other one's gonna be sitting here crying, crying, neglected. You know, mm. just just thought process here with me. They're neglected while you're taking care of this other one, and so you are not omnipresent. He is. He is no respecter of persons. Correct. That's how he can do that. Right. Because if, if, like you say, if my both my kids wreck at the same time and they're separated and I can't, I've got to make a choice at that point. Which one do I help first? And then am I showing favoritism? Do I love one more than the other? Which one's hurt worse? Exactly. But God is able to step into both situations simultaneously and say, I'm here to heal both of you, help both of you up. That is incredible. Amazing. Buddha cannot do that. No, no. No other, no other, deity, no other, deity. no other false god, no, no My other goodness. thing can do that. Whew. The the most powerful human on earth, you know, the, whether it's the president of the United States, the yeah. smartest, you know, Elon Musk, whatever. They they are still limited by the same things you and I are. Yes, they're they're still just human. God, wow. God is not. Mm. God is not limited. I'm going to table this. I don't know that we'll be able to get into it, but I I, I want to just get people's wheels turning. I want y'all to stay up at night thinking about the same things that I think about. You and I have talked about this and I want to be careful here. Have we, I believe that we've always existed because we we're spirit as well. We have a soul that lives in, we're not just, you know, 190 pound bags of water walking around. Um, we are flesh, but we also have a soul, an eternal soul that will spend eternity somewhere. And you and I have talked about this and I, I just, Maybe, maybe it's possible that we've always existed with God in his creative imagination, and we did not come to be until he spoke and said, let there be. And he formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed the breath of life into the nostrils of Adam. Um, but I, I, how cool would it be mm-hmm. if we have always existed with him eternally in spirit form, 
but yet he wanted to uh, to have not just robots, not right. just angelic beings who have no choice in the matter, but he creates humans, and he says, I want to put this spirit inside of you. You give you a soul, but your flesh has to choose me. Right. Right, and so then it becomes a, a desire, and so then it separates uh, the ones who want him versus the ones who uh, say, well, you know, this this flesh deal you gave me is pretty nice. Uh, yeah. I think I'll just go with that. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know. I don't want to mess with anybody's theology, but I believe that in, in one form or another we have existed with him always. And, you know, it's like somebody who has great potential. Mm-hmm. Well, potential is not something that you can go and buy at the store. Potential is always within you. You just have to tap into it. And so uh, I think that it, it may be the case that God has all, well, the Bible says that before we were formed in the womb, he knew us. How did he know us if we didn't exist exactly. with him somewhere? Exactly. And he knows the hairs of our head. Wow. You know, and, and that's interesting. I've read a thing. Um, it's a couple of weeks ago and it wasn't, it wasn't a, uh, I forget how I even came upon it, but it was basically, you know, talking about, you know, what happens when we die and, and all this other thing. And then, you know, people, the discussion got to a point of, you know, well, I'm, I'm really kind of afraid of dying. And, and somebody spoke up and said, you were dead once before already. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you, there was a long time passed before you came into existence. Yeah. <laughs> you know, And so where were we, where were, you had no problem with it yeah, before. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so see there again, that's the flesh. It that, is. That's the flesh. Flesh does not want to die. Wow. But, um, you know, so, so that, that kind of piggybacks on that, that thought experiment there, you know, what, what were we before? Because he, he knew us. He did. Yeah. He's always known us. Always. But, but he, he spoke the word and, and, and he formed us. And so here we are. I used to, to, to think about that very thing. I was thinking, man, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. And it would keep me, I'd go to sleep crying, uh, at, at many nights as a child because I was so scared of dying. I didn't understand who Jesus was, didn't understand what he did for me. Um, and so I would stay awake at night thinking about these things, but, and I would have those same thoughts, but I, I didn't exist in my flesh for a long time. And it's not like I was out there floating around as some kind of a thought, uh, thinking, man, I wished I was born or right, wished right, I was right. in the flesh. I had never had a problem with it before. So these are all unique. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Present with the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I don't fear death anymore. I guess you could say, mm-hmm. um, here, here's something. And we are wrapping up uh, here in just a minute. Jesus, I've heard many people say, I've said myself, um, it's almost become cliche, but I have said that God, manif- he robed himself in flesh, right? We, we say that in the church, God robed himself in flesh. Uh, and, and in a sense, he did. But I, I want to make a distinction here and something that I believe to be true. I don't believe that God simply put on flesh like you would put on a coat. Okay. Um, I believe that Jesus, when God stepped into natural time, he was born of the Virgin Mary. Uh, The spirit of the Lord moved on Mary. She conceived and bare Jesus. And, and all of a sudden God took on this fleshly body, but it wasn't the same as you and I put on a coat and we're just kind of covered in it. I believe that the very DNA of Jesus was different than you and I. I believe that he was that his spirit was infused in the very molecules, the strands that hold him together, the laminin that holds him together. And so we, I believe that the distinction is that we can have God on the inside of us, but we're not God. No. We can have Jesus on the inside, but we are not Jesus. And so but he was different. Mm-hmm. He was a there was a, a mortal body but it was infused with the spirit of God. And that's how he was able to forgive sins as a man. That right. was how he was able to heal. He was both. He was both, both, not God and man. He was both God and man, but even more so than what we, what we, I think realize, because sometimes I think it's just like, Oh, there's a nice little, you know, a, a nice human body there. And then Jesus is on the inside. Jesus was every part of that human body infused in the fabric of that human body. And so just something to think about there. Uh, I want to wrap up with this. If it's, if it's all right with you, Mm -hmm. God said, I am light in the beginning, in the beginning when God said in Genesis, when it says, and God said, let there be light. The translation literally is I am light. So God made the distinction. I am light. Being as light, you talked about light moving at 186,000 miles per second. Being as light is the fasting, fastest moving object in the known universe. 
and understanding Einstein's general theory of relativity from the perspective of the photon. You and I talked about this mm-hmm. the other day. Mm-hmm. If you were, you know, the uh, Einstein's equation says that if you observe something, uh, the faster you move through space, time slows down for you, right? Um, according to the observer. So they would observe something moving, hardly moving at all, but if you're the actual thing moving at the speed of light, uh, things seem normal for you. And so I heard it said like this, that from the perspective of a photon, that's what light is, it's photons that are traveling through space. From the perspective of a photon, it can leave a distant star in the universe somewhere and reach Earth. And we look at it and say, wow, it took you know, a billion years to get here. It had to travel that far. And even at the speed of light, it took that long to get here. But from the perspective of the photon, Mm. it took no time to get here. Now, what does that matter? And this is where people are going to check out. Don't check out because (laughs) I want to ask you, what is the speed of a miracle? What's the speed? God said, I am light. He's the only one who can perform miracles. And so, if we're healed by him and he is that miracle that we need, he's the salvation that we need. He's the blood covering that we need. He's everything. We look at God and we pray to him and we say, God, I need you to heal my body. And we go, we walk away from getting prayed for and we go back to our seat and we start checking, right? We, Oh, I'm still sick. You know, you clear your throat. I'm still sick. I've still got this lump. I'm still, my back still hurts, whatever. And so we're observing something that, in the perspective of the one who sent it, it's already done. Right. But we don't experience it yet, and we and we get troubled by that, and then we walk away from the thing that's already done in his eyes. Right. That's the way I see light and a miracle, and I don't believe that's no coincidence. Right, right. Uh, wow. Wow. What's your thoughts on that? I think it's incredible, and I mean, there again, it comes back to, you know, I, my mind goes back to the, uh, the Jacob's well again. You know, so so he he had to dig it. He had to do all that and everything, and he didn't know what was going to be, you know, years down the road when Jesus would would meet that woman at the well. But he he it was it was already done. It was already it done. Was already done. According to yes. God, it was already done. Exactly. Exactly. So wow. so the healing's coming. Yeah. It, it it may not be right now. He can he can do it right then. instantly. He can do whatever he wants. Yes. But but. That's why we can, you know, and it's not just the name it and claim it doctrine. It's the I'm healed. Yeah, I believe I'm yeah. I'm healed. Right. I may not be healed, you know, at you know, right right today on you know on whatever today's calendar date is, but I'm healed. Yeah, God's going to do it. Yeah, God God has already done it. Wow. And you know, so that's that's the thing. Mm. That it, that's why it, it sounds like it is the name it and claim it, but He's literally done it. He's promised it. Yeah. So it'll be done. It has to be done. We just got to believe it. Absolutely. And and it's all about perspective. Yes. He sees it as done. Yes. He yes. sees my my Because he's the finisher. He's the finisher. He sees the end of the thing. The, the beginning of the thing and is the better ending. than the beginning of it. Mm. Amazing. I want to say this. I keep saying I'm going to end this thing, but there's just so much. I've got literally just a couple more sentences. Michio Kaku, who is a theoretical physicist, and I've read his books. It's you know He's got one called The God Equation. It's a great book. Um he said this, you know, we know that there's four dimensions. There's up, down, left, right, forward, backward. And then the fourth dimension is time. Time is the fourth dimension. Uh, but some scientists believe that there are as many as 11 dimensions. And, you know, they're looking into this now. And, I, and you know, does that bother me? Does it change the fact that I got to go to work Monday morning? No. <laughs> you know, it doesn't really affect my life, my day-to-day life. But it is interesting to think about this. He also said this. Um, this theoretical, theoretical physicist said, this other realm or dimension is off the plane of our universe. Perhaps a parallel universe hovering right above our universe in another dimension that we cannot see or touch, but perhaps there is a gateway connecting them. And man, he's thinking in, you know, like a physicist. He's thinking uh, in, in quantum theory and all these things that they get into. But I'm thinking, man, he said something, and I, I don't even think he understands what he's saying. When he said made that statement and I heard it, I instantly thought about the spirit realm. Mm-hmm. 
because there, I believe that there is another dimension, and I believe it's the spirit realm. I believe it's where uh, spiritual warfare is taking place right now, and angels are fighting on our behalf, and and there's a war waging in the spirit realm. And he says that it's, this other dimension could be right, uh, hovering right above our universe, and we wouldn't see it, but there's likely something, that, a gateway that we connected to, and that gateway that connects us from flesh to spirit is Jesus Christ. He was the gateway. He said, I am the door. Oh, wow. I am the door. Yeah. yeah. And so when Jesus came to the earth, he literally opened up that avenue whereby we can be, he can be touched by the feelings of our infirmities, but yet we can touch heaven and let heaven touch us. So now we're not closed off right. from his spirit. We're not, it, it's not just the, the, the high priest that can enter in, but now everybody can enter in. Right. And there again, if, if that is so, it just makes God bigger. Yeah. It just wow. makes him bigger. It does not fly in the face of um, God and say, well, that, okay, well, obviously, if there's another dimension, then, then that invalidates God. No way. No way. Mm. It only validates him that much more. Wow. I will not get into eternalism and presentism <laughs> because I've got notes for that, but I will spare everyone. We've been going for 50 minutes, and and uh, this is supposed to be a 30-minute podcast, but praise God, time uh, is is not important when you're talking about the Lord. Exactly right. Uh, I could care less. But I hope you all have enjoyed this topic today. Wesley, thank you for coming. Thank, thank you for you being for on the, the podcast. Invite. Happy to be here. Yeah, I, to be here. I will. I am giddy about these things. I, it really gets me going. But um, so thankful to have you on the podcast. Can't wait to do episode two. We're going to talk about some more of this stuff and, and would love to have you back on the podcast. For everyone who is listening, uh, if you are in the New River, New River Valley, uh, Radford, Virginia, or anywhere close by, Please come and see us. If you don't have a home church, come to First Apostolic Church in Radford, Virginia, and you will be blessed. God is doing great things here in the city of Radford, and and we're just excited about it and and can't wait. We're about to build a new church, and and God is doing great things. Uh, And so I hope that wherever you are, wherever you're listening today, that you're blessed. We are praying for all of our listeners and and share this. Share this podcast. Share the other one. If you don't like this one, share the other one. but again, tune in next week. Yeah, tune in next week. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait. I do have several. I've probably got 10 or 12 people on my list of people to have on as guests. Uh, but we can't wait to have Brother Wesley Combs back with us again as another Thank guest. Uh, be blessed, everyone. And we love you all. We'll talk to you later.